Hey guys, welcome back to the Confident Bitch Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Diamond. And I'm Jen. And on today's episode, we are going to be discussing not being responsible for other people's happiness. So do you want to quickly drop the disclaimer? Yes. And of course, like we say um, in every episode, neither Diamond or I have any type of psychology background. We are simply giving advice and wisdom from our own experiences and what my therapist has taught me to help me to grow and to continue to heal. Jen nor I have discussed our five questions with one another, so you're going to get our raw responses. We do not know what one another is going to ask, but what I do want to say is that I have for many, many years tried to be responsible for other people's happiness even though it's not my responsibility, I believe that you can add to somebody's happiness, but you cannot be somebody's happiness. What's your take on that? I agree. I think it's a defense mechanism to protect by making sure that I want my friends to be happy or my family to be happy at all times. Something my therapist recently taught me is actually kind of a victim mode that I'm continuing to stay in because by wanting someone else to be happy, I'm trying to be in control of every situation, trying to be in control of the outcome. And who am I to decide on someone else's happiness? Like they can live their life however I want. And that's just something for me, it's called the whole control thing that is really changed my mindset on it. Good. That's good. Let's jump right into our first question. So Jen, do you second guess yourself to keep the peace and what others want? Definitely. I can play in my mind for like hours at a time sometimes trying to figure out if I'm being sensitive, am I being realistic or am I being dramatic? But I think that all stems back from my insecurities too in terms of just wanting to keep the peace and not feeling comfortable in the uncomfortable yet or as often as sometimes I need to in order to stand up for myself. Sounds good. As far as I'm concerned, to be honest, no, I do not second-guess myself anymore. I don't worry about trying to keep the peace. I worry about leaving the situation, not pounding it in my mind. There's just nothing left more to say about the situation. Okay, that's good. That makes sense. My question is, do you believe that sometimes that's being in the victim part? Or are you still trying to control the situation? Do you ever see that as a way of you playing the victim still because all you are claiming is that you want this other person to be happy, but in reality, you just wanted to make your life easier in terms of if you're happy, quote, unquote, they're happy because they're doing what you want to do. So it's like a mixture of control and victim blaming. Okay. When I'm in some sort of adversity with someone else, I'm not trying to leave with the end result of us being happy. I'm trying to leave with the end result of boundaries and just being clear on this is where my stance is. And I understand just in having perspective where your stance is, but I'm not going to say anything just to keep the peace. Because like my thing is that my therapist would say, I'll give an example. When I tell my husband that I think he should look for another job, for example, because I just want him to be happy and to follow his dreams. Part of that is true. Yes, I do want him to be happy, but I also want my life to be easier. 
in terms of income, making our lives more comfortable, stability. For me, it would just fix a lot. But my therapist says, he hasn't done that. So he's showing me that he does not want to change careers. So in the end, it's me to try to control the situation and behave like I am the victim in the situation because he's not doing technically what I want him to do to be happy. And my personal first question was, um, do you ever find yourself trying to make other people happy or feeling like it's your responsibility to make others happy? No. I don't find myself trying to make others happy. I find myself wanting to keep my peace. Even if the solution doesn't make me happy, I'm not saying that the end result has to make me happy. What I'm saying is the end result has to give me peace. So I am not concerned to making other people feel happy. And then I'm leaving just feeling empty. I've spent three decades of my life doing that. So as I continue to get older, I'm not willing to compromise. I'm not willing to fall back. I'm not willing to do any of that to make somebody else happy. Okay, good answer. All right. Second question, Jen. Do you find value in yourself by making others' wants and needs more of a priority? Do you feel that your value to other people is placed on prioritizing their wants and needs? I think that used to be a much bigger part of it to me. I think it's kind of what we were taught and how I was raised in a way in terms of you're taught to be quote-unquote kind, not make situations uncomfortable. So that sometimes means that putting your happiness at the back burner um, and to, because that would be a value to someone else. If I don't have to say whatever I'm thinking at this moment, it could be a positive to someone else. And that's a value because then I'm someone that you can come speak to about something. But it also kind of means I'm not really being genuine because I don't, I'm not really saying how I'm feeling. I'm not getting my full perspective. You know what? It's funny that you say that because I've been working on my next episode on my YouTube and it's feelings versus emotions and one is led by the other so it's the emotion that's what's deep rooted and the emotion is what provokes the feelings and from the feelings is how you communicate a lot of people make the mistake of miscommunicating what they're saying they're feeling but it's not aligned to what their actual emotions are okay you want to ask me your second question? okay so why do you believe that In general, we're taught to believe that it's our responsibility to make others happy. I don't know. It's just something that our parents were taught. And then with like our parents' generation, they just really did not break curfew. They just were like, this is how I was raised and I turned out fine. And so then that's how they raised us. As millennials... We are like, okay, so this is how we were raised, but I'm not okay about it. Let me go and talk to a therapist. And then you have the wonderful Gen Z's who are like, I care about my mental health. I care about my boundaries. So I don't care what job this is. I don't care who you are as my family member, as far as priority, mom, dad, grandma, I'm going to stick within my set boundary. And this does not work for me just because it works for you. So my answer is, I really don't know. I, I don't know why we were taught that. I just think that 
our parents' generation, they were taught you're, you stay in a child's place. You don't get in grown folk business. They just didn't raise us on that. What about you? What do you, what, what do you think? Now, I honestly think that's a lot of passive aggressiveness. It's just easy to not pick up fight with you and to do stuff that I think will make you happy so that I can turn your mood around and I can turn the mood in the room around and I can turn our relationship around. But I really don't have that power. So it's all about, like, as relating to power and me so, being passive aggressive. So I grew up in the salon, the hair salon, because my mom is a hairstylist. So... I've been around so many different women from so many different walks of life. And they were the type of women that really irked me in a way. They just felt some sense of entitlement that they could give their opinion. Something as simple as, oh, do you find a career like for you? Because I was her shampoo assistant. Even when I went to college, I still kept that job on the weekends just to have some money in college. And they was still like, okay, so now you're in college and you're still here. Is this your career path? I never was okay with the way I was spoken to by adults. My mom would say to me, well, listen, these are my clients that provide my income. So you're just going to have to dial it down. And almost like, I just need to take it. There's one thing my father taught me that was different than my mom was, no, respect is earned. It doesn't matter who it is. If they don't respect you, you speak up. You don't have to stay quiet because at that point, you're 18, you're an adult. One reason why I really do love the Gen Z generation because it doesn't matter where they are. And I think that they're going to be the effective change that's needed in so many dynamics and workplaces because people really lose their mind thinking that... You can just talk to people any type of way. Yes. But do you think that's a double-edged sword with millennials and some Gen Zs in terms of, I show you the same level of respect you show me, but they're not showing the same level of respect. Like they, they don't have respect for anyone outside of them, so they make excuses for their behavior. When it comes to work and stuff like that, at what point is there an issue in terms of what we should be expected to tolerate versus not. Well, here's the thing where the change needs to take place. You cannot overwork people and undercompensate them. You can't do that. I think that it would be more effective if people could understand, well, all right, in a case where the younger generation, they're not showing up on time, they're not wanting to come in, they're not wanting to mind their P's and Q's, etc. Why? Why is the big question is what you're saying? Yes. Why? Because of cause and effect. You have to understand people don't just wake up and decide, oh, okay, this is the day that I'm going to go out here and be a up. No, it's a built up of things. So you got to go to that why cause. And now the effect is, okay, well, I'm underperforming. So if you're an employer and you're having these issues, for an example, you need to have a, a meeting that's more effective to understanding why, just why are you doing this? And then exactly. you'll find the answer and then that's where you can start to bring upon effective change. Okay, that's a great answer. I think it's your time because I think I snuck in a question there. You did? So three. Number three. How hard is speaking up about your true feelings for you? 
Oh, that's a tough one. For me, it's becoming easier personally to step up and discuss my own feelings and how you've made me feel. But I still do get that feeling of guilt in the back of my mind because I don't want someone to feel bad. And again, that goes back to my therapist taught me that like when you're fighting with your parents or something, right? They want to say whatever to you about how you're living your life and how they don't agree with how you're living your lives. But at a certain point in our lives, our parents, we have to take our child out of that child aspect of that relationship in order to truly become who we are. So I think it's like the guilt that holds me back, or maybe that's an excuse I use because I don't want to make a situation more uncomfortable. What about you? So now in my life, it's definitely not hard for me to speak up and tell my true feelings. I just feel like I know how to effectively talk to people. I think it's all in your delivery. I don't think that you need to be yelling. I don't think you need to have an attitude to just be direct. At the end of the day, my goal is peace. Always. So I have to get out what all I need to say in order to be able to get myself back to a peaceful place in my life. Okay. So what does finding your happiness mean to you? What does finding my happiness? Yes, mean to you. Like what does happiness, I suppose, look for to you? Finding my happiness for the future, two things. It's just peace and security. Peace in the way I process things. The way that I live with the things that trouble or worry or stress me out. So for every negative thing that comes about in my life, just hurrying up and figuring out something positive to be grateful for. That is important for me. As far as security, I do not operate off of what others can do for me. I'm grateful for what you're adding to me, but I can't afford to depend on you to secure my life and my children's life. So that's what I mean by security. Just being able to have my health enough where I am able to get out here and and provide the security that I need for myself. Okay, that's a good one. My belief in what I hope my happiness will be is that I'm just happy. I just enjoy my life every day. So I'm not constantly trying to plan my next escape where I can just be happy. You should not need that escape. So then the biggest thing that it sounds like you need to focus on is your mental health. I personally feel like our mental health, our emotional health can play one in the same. So it's how you emotionally allow things to affect you. And then from there, how you think about it. Really, that sounds like you just need more of a mindset shift. And that's just an ongoing practice. You have to realize that you can't settle for it either. For example, my dad was telling me, look for hybrid roles, right? For me, I don't want a hybrid role because I can't always guarantee that my health is going to be up to standards to go into the office. So while I may not have found a job yet, I have higher standards for myself. I know what I want and I know there's certain things I'm not going to accept, which I know makes it privilege for me. But I also feel like if we take on that mindset for ourselves, this is the bare minimum I'm going to accept. This is the bare minimum that I, like, I refuse to go to the office for whatever reason then it does make your life a little more difficult, yes. But I think overall, it'll lead to a happier outcome. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's move on to my number four to you. Do you feel you're responsible for other people's growth, even though you're feeling stagnant, stuck, and unhappy? 
That is something I had to learn this year a lot, honestly. It's not my responsibility. That's just pushing my need to control my wants, my needs, to try to push someone to behave the way I want them to behave. If they don't want to grow or they don't see the need to grow, then they won't grow. And it might hurt me in the process because I want them to grow. But maybe it's also trying to tell me to look at life in a different direction sometimes or focus on me more as opposed to why am I so focused on your growth as opposed to focusing on my own growth? Because... I'm not exactly where I want to be either, right? I think that one's a little tougher, but yes, I've definitely dealt with it. Okay, so that is something that you're realizing this year. Are you applying it though? Yes, I'm slowly, not all at the same time. I do still catch myself sometimes stepping into old habits, but I am starting to see that no matter how much I love somebody, no matter what my intentions are for another person to be happy, and my idea is for them to grow and be successful and be the person I truly believe they can be. That's my problem and not theirs. And that's something I have to get over. Makes sense. Good answer. As far as just to piggyback off of you in terms of how I feel, I'm a little bit on the opposite side. I do feel that I'm responsible for people's growth. I feel that that is just part of my calling. However, I can give you the water, right? I can give you water if you're thirsty, but I can't make you drink it. So I can give you the formula. I can give you all the advice in the world. I could be your quote unquote support system, but I cannot then be you. I think it's like a limit almost where I can be there to support you and show you that I want to see your growth, give you tools to help you reach that level of growth. But how you choose to handle that situation is now your responsibility and not mine. So let me just explain the difference to you listeners. When you have a job that's just like, okay, I just had to apply to work somewhere. So maybe at the grocery store, Starbucks, not necessarily what you find to be a career. When you have a career that's like like my son, when he grows up, he wants to get into engineer and specifically he wants to be an architect and specifically he wants to build skyscrapers. Okay, so that's a career. A calling is what deep down in your gut you're really good at doing. So for an example, motivational speaking. That's like a calling. In order to be successful, you need to find something that you absolutely love and doesn't feel like work. I love to motivate. I love to encourage. So what it takes for me to get ready to write my notes or my questions or to just do some background research, it doesn't feel like work. That's more like a calling. We're spending our hours and our time working for free to uplift and encourage others through our experiences and through our wisdom from our experiences. I agree with that, but I do think that goes in hand in hand with maturity and emotional intelligence in terms of so many people may not even ever be able to find out what their calling is because the only thing in their mind is make six figures or more. Like that's the only, so nothing else matters. So I think a lot of it is maturity and emotional intelligence and truly understanding yourself. Okay. All right. I do have one more question. Did you have any more left for me? What would you recommend to yourself or others in order to remain and keep yourself at peace or happy to outside forces that might not be at the same emotional intelligence level or maturity level you're at? 
What I would recommend is understanding the difference between what being silent looks like versus being silenced. Yes. Okay. Let me explain to you listeners what the difference is. So when you're being silent about something, it's just you reserving your thought process. You're just not tapping into yourself to exert just energy that you just don't have time for. Okay. Versus when you're being silenced, that's somebody that's just, they are putting you down. They are telling you that your words, your thoughts, your opinions, your emotions don't matter. So an outside person can silence you, but you can silence yourself. Yeah. And that I think goes hand in hand with emotion, like regulating your emotions in terms of you are deciding in that moment not to speak any further. No one has scared you into believing that you need to keep your mouth shut, but you know for your mental health, that's the best thing to do. Yes. So my key advice is this. Not everything needs my attention. Just because it is brought my way, that does not mean you're going to get my attention on it. When you realize you're in a situation with someone who just hasn't reached the peak of their emotional intelligence about doing the self-work for self-healing, self-developmental purposes... You just don't have to give attention to everything that they say, especially when you know that damn if I do, damn if I don't respond. So really quick, what do you think about this? On YouTube, there are quite a few young, so like 20, 21, 23 year old giving life advice about like mindset shift and just emotional healing and trauma and someone like us who are in our 30s or, you know, someone that's in their 40s or whatever comes across their video and they're only 23 trying to give this life advice. What do you think about that? I actually still try to watch those videos because it teaches me that maybe they haven't a different mindset that can change their overall future, they might avoid all the challenges that we have faced going up to our 30s or into our 30s because we are now coming to that retrospective. I just think that some people can be very intuitive where they see they might not have experienced that themselves, but then they see what their parents tolerated, what their friends tolerated, and just know that that's not something they will tolerate. Well, that goes, but then when you think about what you just said, the the quote that don't take advice from someone that has never... Yeah, it depends on the situation. I think it definitely depends on the situation of the person. So then what about, for an example, if if a 23-year-old is talking about marriage, but they've never been married, but then they're giving, okay, well, if this person, I'm just saying for an example, oh, okay, well, if this person steps out of the marriage, this is what I would do and blah, 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 but they have never been in the situation to know what they would do. Do you think that they should even be touching topics like that? For people to come along that are in situations like what I'm saying and that are really just trying to cope and figure out and don't feel like they don't have a solid support system. So what they're doing is they're running to YouTube. They're looking for videos, kind of get that information. What's your take on that? I think when you're trying to give up information, even like we're trying to like spread positive 
thoughts and like growing, you do have to have a little bit of experience in that matter and area. And if you don't, that is something you need to tell your audience. Like, I don't have children, but I do have my opinions on when I see some people raising their children and how they're raising their children and like what that might lead later on to their self-confidence growing up and their level of happiness. But I think it's always important to understand that like if you've never been married, you have to start off with, I have never been married. It's like a woman in an abusive relationship. I have never been with a man who physically put his hands on me. So it's easy for me to say what's wrong with her. She needs to leave him. But I would never say that because I don't know what that person is going through in that moment in time or what's gone through their life to make them even feel like they accept this crap. So I love what you're saying, Jen. You said some very profound things. Number one, this is my opinion. I think that you're right. You have to have disclaimers. I don't care. You have to have disclaimers. I have two children. I have a seven-year-old. I have a nine-month-old. And I am in partnership with you who don't have any children. So, but what I do like about you when you're speaking to me on different topics that may center around children is the fact that you're speaking from a place of, you know, if I am arguing with my son about certain things or whatever, like, okay, you know what? Maybe you should try this way because I grew up with a mother figure who argued with me and let me tell you how it's affected me. That's a beautiful way to talk on a subject to a person who actually is in the situation when you're not in the situation, as opposed to they may not currently have the situation, but they could be a product of the situation. And it's so good to have perspective. That's the problem with the majority. When I want to say the majority, I mean like 94% of the world doesn't have perspective. You always have to put yourself in other people's shoes. The way that I attack the situation is not going to be the way that a person that's of a situation would go about it or how they wish they were handled from it. So that's my opinion. But what you said, like, that's very true. Yes. Okay. So my last question to you, Jen, is going to be, do you feel that you matter or do you walk around with a stigma to be a glutton for punishment? That is a great question. And that's something I've been working on my therapist a lot this year. And I hated it when she would tell me I'm putting myself in the the child territory or the victim territory. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I just, this is how my life's been. And she's like, at what point in your life are you going to decide that needs to change? So I'm learning to change. It's a difficult process because I feel like, especially through your healing journey, you hit times where you're like, am I being selfish for going after what I want? Or am I just being honest and true to myself for doing what I want? So I think it's a combination of the two and understanding to constantly question yourself and ask yourself, what role are you in at the moment? Are you the victim? Are you the abuser? Or are you the hero of the situation? Makes sense. Very good. Very good. I love it. Well, to conclude, I am going to say my two cents on that question. I definitely feel like I matter. (laughs) I feel like I've always felt like I mattered. I just felt like I've been silent for many years. But once I started gaining my butterfly wing, (laughs) and don't give a damn (laughs) anymore, 
I definitely feel like I matter. And let me tell you something. That's a beautiful side of the fence to be on. I don't tolerate. I don't accept things that just don't serve me any purpose. I'm also in a role now that I have two little ones watching me. So their opinions matter. Their emotions matter. Their feelings matter. Their thoughts matter. Even if I don't agree with certain things that they're doing, they, it still matters. I never want them to feel that they are silenced or that they're shut down because they're not going to always be this small. They're going to grow into adults and then who they go out here and attract, whether it's in intimate relationships or just friendships, they will carry on what they learned from me. Yes, I think that's very smart. Very insightful. Great. All right. Well, this wraps up our podcast episode for today. Leave us any comments that you have, any questions that you have. We, you can find us on TikTok at. Yes, it is the confident batch because I was not allowed to use swear word on TikTok, but I will also put that in the description. All of our links in the description and. Please remember to like and continue to follow or share our video to other people that you think it might be helpful for. Yes. So if you guys don't want to leave comments out in the public and you want to reach us over there on one of our social media handles and direct message us, then, hey, we always love to hear from you and we do respond back. All right. Well, then until the next time, guys. Next time. Bye, guys. Bye.